welcome to A Path to Redemption, the podcast. My name is Daniel Arona, and just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. I hope that you've had a great week. I hope that you've had time to spend with the Lord in prayer, and I hope that you're really trying to get closer to Him and building upon the foundation of salvation that He has given you and really trying to build up that relationship. As things continue to evolve here in the world, it's important that we stay as close to Christ as we possibly can and that we constantly are being led by his spirit in all things. Amen. So today we're going to kind of wrap up our understanding of what the the different offices are, the calling, the office, the gifting, and we're going to talk about the the body ministry and how do we actually apply this into into ministry standards. So, but we'll get to that here in a second. Until we do, uh, there's a couple of housekeeping items here. All of our scripture comes from the New King James Version of the Bible. If you need a copy of a New King James Bible, feel free to drop me an email at path to redemption Ohio at gmail.com. Uh, and I will be more than happy to get one into your hands. Uh, the last thing is again, don't take my word for it. Study to show yourself approved unto God. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I cannot stress that enough. It is incredibly, incredibly important, particularly now with all the false teaching that's out there, with all the th- different things that, that are kind of bombarding us, whether it be on Facebook, Twitter, whatever it may be. I cannot stress enough that how important it is to dive into Scripture for yourself and to understand it for yourself. It is so important. So please, please, please make sure that you are learning for yourself and that you're doing everything with prayer and and asking the Lord to open your eyes that the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him may be upon you. Amen. But if you do want some help, feel free to drop me a note at path to redemption, Ohio at gmail.com. I'm here to help you. I am more than happy to walk through scripture with you and to, you know, continue teaching and, and give you some additional guidance if you so wish. So with all of that, let's go ahead and get started. Our main scripture today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 31. But what we've kind of been talking about here is we've been talking about the calling, right? So we know about the calling of God, what we've been called into, how to identify the calling in our lives. We know about the different offices that are there in terms of the work of the ministry um, that God will, will call us to, and that hopefully we will be chosen to fulfill, because let's not forget that many are called, but few are chosen. Then we talked about the gifting that kind of goes with the specific ministries. And I, I want to stop there, and I want to reiterate something here for a second. I know that there are a lot of people that believe that the gifts of the Spirit talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 are not functioning anymore. And I'm sorry, but I don't believe that, mainly because I've seen them operate in my own life and because I, I truly believe what the scripture says in terms of, of this. And if you go into 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, the scripture that a lot of people use to say that the gifts have ceased is actually in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and starting in verse 9, it says, For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. And a lot of people believe that the New Testament or that the scripture is that that which is perfect and that that which is done in part will be done away with is the giftings. But I'm sorry, that which is perfect is Christ and Christ has not returned. And when Christ returns and sets up his millennial kingdom, then there really won't be a need for the giftings because we'll have Christ here on earth. But we have to understand though that 
it's the letter that kills, but it's the spirit that gives life. We have to be led by the spirit. The spirit needs to move in our lives. And I'm telling you that as we continue to move forward over the next several years, you're going to see the gifts reawaken in people. You're going to see the gifts stir up in people. And ultimately, you're going to see the really the way it was in the first century church when the giftings were there. But it's going to be the fullness of the former reign and the latter reign as prophesied in the book of Joel chapter 2 together in its season. And I truly believe that that of the the latter rain is going to be greater than the former rain because of what the Bible says about it. So ultimately, and we can talk about that a different time. I don't want to dive into that too much right now because I want to talk about the body ministry here, but I needed to say that because the gifts have not ceased. The gifts have not ceased. The the offices that we've talked about, there are apostles, there are prophets, there are evangelists, there are pastors, there are teachers that are called, that are really to do the work of those offices, and they are doing it effectively. Now, don't get me wrong. There are many false ones out there, too, but I want to be clear. These giftings are here. Miracles happen. They do. And I truly believe that they are from God. And I truly, truly believe that they come because of the giftings and the callings and the and the, the fulfillment of offices in these people's lives. Amen. I just wanted to make that abundantly clear in case I didn't prior. Okay. And I know that we've talked about how we can find and abide in that calling and that we need to abide in that calling and stay in the calling that God has given us. So understanding all of that, then let's talk about the, bio, the body ministry, because at the end of the day, all of us are part of the body of Christ. And that's what 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 12 says. It says, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit, we're all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member... Where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again to the the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow great honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to those to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. Amen. So again, we are members fit jointly together. And when we kind of talked about this, we talked about how helps and governance, those that seem almost as weaker um, offices, and those things are actually the ones that need to be bestowed the greatest honor because they form the foundation for the rest of everyone else. And that's what Paul kind of talks about here. So everyone has their purpose, right? So as a body of believers, and and you you can say it's a church if you want to, but as a body of believers, 
okay, in a congregation of, of believers, if, of Christians, okay, each one of them has a purpose. And I've said this before, that if you talk about the traditional church, there's actually more power in the, the pews, in the congregation, than there is behind the pulpit. Why is that? Because there's more people out in the congregation than there is behind the pulpit. And it's important that we allow, as ministers, people to operate inside their giftings and inside the things that they have that God has bestowed upon them and that they've paid the price for. Because if we don't, what's going to happen is that those people are going to get a stirring to go out and move according to the leading of the Spirit and to use the the giftings that God has given them. Or if they don't, then what's going to happen is they're going to shrivel up and die on the vine because they're not being used into the level that they need to be. That's whether it be helps governance or whether it be an apostleship that they're called to be or a prophet or a seer or whatever it may be that they're called to be, it's important that that those that are already established in that ministry use the work to be to really bring them up into the measure and the stature of Christ and to equip them for their own ministry. But that's the purpose of the body ministry here is that ultimately the people are the ones that should be ministering to each other. Not necessarily always the pastor or the person preaching ministering out to everyone else. We've kind of got a a top-down kind of thought process here, and that's not really the way that God had intended it to be, because he just told you the parts that were that were least presentable, he has made unto honor, and the parts that were more presentable, he has really not made unto as much honor, right? The reason being is because, again, he wants us all to rely on each other, he wants us all to fall back on each other, and to really help each other along as we go through this thing called life, okay? So 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 26 puts it this way, How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or at or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church. Then let him speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Now, what is Paul saying here? He's saying basically, look, everyone may have a song, you know, has a teaching, a tongue, a revelation, interpretation, but let everything be done for the edification of the church. So if you're not going to build up the church, if what what has then been been given to you isn't that for the build up a church, then then let's not do it, right? He even goes on and says says if anyone speaks in tongues, let there be two or at the most three each in turn and let one interpret. Okay. Basically meaning that you can't just speak in tongues and then have there not be any type of interpretation because there's no edification for the church and it really takes away from the time and the energy that the church has. However, though let 
let people prophesy one by one and let it go through so that everyone can learn, everyone can grow, everyone can see edification inside the church and let the older people or the people more experienced in the area, I shouldn't say necessarily older, but the, the people more experienced in the working of the gifts be there to really determine and teach and coach, whether it be from God or whether it not be, and kind of help them along and push them along in their gifting. Okay. So obviously the reason that Paul wrote this is because it can become, I don't want to say cumbersome, but it can become disjointed. And it can become, if there's not order and decency in what's happening, it can really cause confusion and all these other things. That's why he said, you know, it particularly in verse 30, he said, but if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. Basically saying that, look, the spirit is not the author of confusion, but it does flow from breast to breast. So if one person prophesies something over here, the Lord may open it up to another person over here or tongues over here to be interpreted by another person. So we have to understand and we have to make sure that we hold back okay, in order to allow the, what the Spirit wants to happen to happen. So I'll give you an example of this that where I've seen this effective. And what happened is that the minister would actually, st- after the, the music for the most part, the minister would slow down the service and he would all he would do was say, everyone just pray in the Holy Ghost. And everyone would just pray to themselves in the Holy Ghost. And what would happen is that we would wait until... God decided he wanted to speak and whoever he wanted to speak through. Some oftentimes the Lord would tell the minister who he was going to speak through and the minister would kind of guide it around as it as it happened. So he may speak through this person the first time, then another word may come from another person, and then there may be another word that comes from another person, but always the minister was able to kind of guide it around as you kind of as he kind of felt the leading of the spirit on it. But that's what really helps in the body ministry is kind of I don't want to say having someone to referee, but having someone to referee with where the spirit is going and being able to interpret what the spirit wants and then also giving everyone the opportunity to learn as the spirit desires. Amen. And that's really what the body ministry is for. Now, after that time was over and done with, then it was over and done with, and the minister would go and preach the message if that's what God desired or go do whatever God God had wanted him to do. So, But here's the thing is that the people in the congregation needed to hold back a little bit and not necessarily jump the gun for what the Spirit wanted. So you may feel, particularly when you prophesy, you'll feel you know, butterflies in your stomach and you'll kind of feel it begin to build up. And and one of the things that my mom taught me about this was to actually hold that back as much as possible. And if it's truly God that wants you to do it, you really will feel like you're about to burst if you don't give it. So that's, that's kind of the, the teaching that mom gave me. And then the other thing that mom said is that there has to be room for it. So Daniel, just because you have it doesn't mean that you're going to get the opportunity to give it. And that's an important thing here that, that needs to be talked about as well, is that in the order of a normal church service, they're really currently, at least, there's never room for operation in the gift. So if you're a minister listening to this, a pastor or, or a teacher or an evangelist, or you're, you oversee any type of church service, I would challenge you right now that if you're in a spirit-filled group of believers, that you wait and give them an opportunity to see what God has for them and to see if God wants to speak. Allow everyone to pray in the Holy Ghost to really get in the spirit, especially after the music, because after the music, the cares of the people have typically been washed away. They can usher them into the spirit. 
And that is a very good time for everyone to kind of focus on Christ, focus on the Holy Spirit, and to allow them to see if God has something through someone in the congregation. It's not always going to come through you. It's not, because you have to give people the opportunity to learn, and you have to give people the opportunity to grow. And as an experienced minister, particularly in the giftings, you should be able to know what God wants and be able to know how God wants to guide it and who God is going to use according to the leading of the Spirit. So I challenge you to give room for the Holy Spirit, to be able to speak and edify the church, edify the body of believers that you're with, edify the people that are around you, that and realize that it may not come through you. Okay, I cannot stress that enough because we are a body of believers and there are other people in the pews that have greater giftings sometimes or even just have different giftings that God wants to use at that moment in time. If you're a minister leading a service, it's important that you step back and allow the Spirit the opportunity. And if the Spirit tells you no, then move on. But if the Spirit tells you to hold up, then you need to hold up and you need to let someone have the opportunity to use their giftings. Amen. So look, the people inside the pews, the people that are sitting there waiting need to be sure to hold back. Okay. And then when it's time to go ahead and allow that to go through, but then when the people, when it's, when it's not time, everyone needs to be to sit and allow things to have be done in decency and in order. But the minister also needs to open up and give way to the people in the congregation to use the giftings that they have. Because, again, they have gifts too. They have a purpose too. And the only way they're going to learn is if you give them room to learn, just as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Amen. Now, again, all things have to be done Again, with the understanding, 1 Corinthians 14, 13 through 17 says, Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. Otherwise, if you bless with the spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen? At your giving of thanks, since he does not understand what you say. For you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. But it's important that we had to do all things with the understanding, understand what's happening, understand what God's trying to get out of us, understand what's hap- what, what God really wants to edify the church with, and then ministers, allow those people through your understanding to know what God is trying to do, to know what God is trying to build up, and to know what God is trying to teach. I cannot stress this enough that we must must do everything according to the leading of the Spirit. Amen. Again, Galatians 5, 16 through 18 says, I say, then walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not 
under the law. Now, a lot of people think about that in terms of sin, but I also want you to think about this in terms of pride and arrogance, because ultimately, if you're a minister and you're not led by the Spirit to allow others to, to work in their ministries, then I'm sorry, you're falling into that same edification of your own flesh because to be the star, to be the pride, and to, to have the arrogance to say, no, I got this. I, you know, I'm greater than you all in the Lord. And that's just a terrible place to be. Now, I'm not saying that God's going to say every single time that someone in the body is going to minister or going to do something. That may not be what God wants that particular night. And he may want a, a true prophet to come up and offer correction or direction to a body of believers. And that's fine, right? But you also have to understand that you're not going to know if you don't pray about it, and you're not going to know if you don't give room. And if you can't be led by the Spirit in the moment, and that takes time to learn. Amen. But again, I'm going to, you also have to understand though, that everything has to be done in decency and in order. In 1 Corinthians 14, starting at verse 39, it says, therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. Amen. It's important. I cannot stress this enough. It is important that we understand that we are members fit jointly together. I cannot go to the eye and say, I don't need you. I cannot go to the foot and say, I don't need you. I can't go to the hand and say, I don't need you. We need all parts of our body. But I got news for you, especially for ministers out there. You have got to allow the your, the rest of your body to be able to be used and to move accordingly. And it's not just hanging up and decorating things for Christmas or for whatever it may be. They have a spiritual aspect, a spiritual responsibility. They have giftings that they have been given and that they have been paid for. And it is time that we open it up to get things away from the pulpit and back into the body of believers. Amen. It's for this reason that they people met in each other's homes, right? Because when you meet in your home, everyone's kind of in equal footing. Yes, it's their home, right? But you don't have a stage and you're not behind a pulpit and those things. But when you meet in the home, like everyone's kind of gathered together and you're, it's more easy to get into a one mind and one accord with people. So, and then the spirit can flow more easily, we need to replicate that in our congregations and in the and in the joining of the church. Amen. Even in a corporate setting, right? Because I cannot stress enough the fact that there is more power in the congregation than there is behind the pulpit. Okay? It just it's the absolute truth. It is the absolute truth. One man cannot can do a lot. I'm not saying that they can't, particularly if they're led by the Spirit and they're close to Christ. I'm not going to tell you that they can't, but I am going to tell you that a group of believers can do a whole lot more. Amen. And when we allow the foot to be the foot, we allow the eye to be the eye. We allow the hand to be the hand. We allow the body ministry to come forth. We allow people that as they feel led during the, the end of the service, if they feel led to go and lay hands on someone to pray for them, allow them to go and lay hands on someone and pray for them. If they feel led to to do that, just just let them do that and let them learn and let them grow. Because I cannot tell you enough how important it is because that's how you grow. You don't just grow and learn by sitting in the pew and listening to the messages. You got to get your hands dirty and you got to get moving, 
right? The way I learned to minister was by ministering, and I had great mentors and my parents to teach me and guide me along the way. But I cannot tell you enough that this is that you have to allow people to grow in their ministries, okay? And you have to give room for it. Amen. So look, the body ministry is something that's going to be reestablished here as we go forward. And I truly believe that because we're going to have to rely on each other and we're going to have to rely on each other spiritually. And we're going to have to fully understand what God has for us and what the leading of the spirit is. We must do all things with the spirit and the understanding, and we must do it all according to the leading of the spirit. Amen. This week's song of the week comes from the 2001 album, New Season by Israel and the New Breed. That's Israel Houghton and the New Breed. Um, the song is Who is Like the Lord. Um, so it's it's a great song. And and just check it out again. It's uh, Who is Like the Lord um, by Israel Houghton and the New Breed. It's on their 2001 album, New Season. And just remember, there is nobody like the Lord. Amen. And you, you'll get that from the song for sure. But look, I, I hope you're understanding here because it's important that we not put God in a box. And I feel like that's what we do oftentimes, particularly around the giftings and the moving of the Spirit. If we put God in a box, then God is only going to operate in that box because we can't ever see beyond that box. Amen? But if we say, you know what, God, you can do anything that you want, any way that you want it, and it's all according to your will, then we take that box off of God and God can really, really begin to move and do the things that he can do as God Almighty. Amen? So, Look, it's important. I, again, I cannot stress this enough that you pray and that you seek God for what your giftings are, for what your calling is, and all of the things that we've kind of talked about. Next week, we're going to shift gears a little bit and we're going to talk about a different subject. Um, but as we kind of wrap up this on the giftings and the callings and, and those types of things. So um, until next week, again, just remember this simple truth the Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. God bless. Oh, 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 oh